Dave Wanstead is listed as a former NFL coach from from the from the Chicago by, of the oh boy. Well, well I don't get Dave Rayman Cole. Tell him throw the flag. I knew it was you all along, Missouri. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you for different reasons. I'm going hungry. I'm going hungry. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouth of the devil down. 95.1 The Rocket. So much juice. It was 187 proof. Check it in. Check it in. One eighty-seven. A throw the flag. Should we start over or give uh, continue with this peek behind the kimono for our for our legions of listeners? Yeah, you know, I'll just blend it in with the music. That sounds good. That sounds good. I I, I like it when when radio shows do that. Um. Well, we are. God, I don't know. Fourteen hours removed from the SEC championship. Um. How's everybody feeling? It was a late night. Don't remember calling you guys after the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were you were you were on the phone, but I don't know if you were on the call. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's, at, at one point I thought me and Freezer were just doing the podcast. I was me, very me too. A lot of all my lights on at six a.m. <laughs> <clears throat> Would you and say the d- front porch was lit up like the crack of dawn? Would you say mm-hmm. that? It the, certainly maybe was. Maybe the ever light in the house was on. Well, roll tide, guys, huh? Woo! By the I'm, by, the hair of our chinny chin chins, roll tide. Man, uh, I enjoyed that a lot more in the highlights package that I watched on College Football Final than I did watching the game. Yes. Did not enjoy the game well, at the second, all. The the first half was okay. I think I had Freezer. How many genuinely happy moments do you think you had? I think I can name only two, and it's the Naji pass mm. reception touchdown, the mm. long one with the spin mm-hmm. at the end, mm-hmm. and then the clinching sack. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to add one more. It's the, the Robert Michi uh, mm. uh, truck stick on the interception return that, you know, got Alabama the ball back. That was, but other than that, I agree. There big, wasn't a big highlight joy for that. But in the moment, I was like, Jesus Christ, no, yeah. no, 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 no. He's Here we go again. Here we go mm-hmm. fucking again. That's where I was in that moment. I couldn't really mm-hmm. appreciate the fact yeah. that he absolutely yeah. blew that motherfucker up and then just <laughs> got up and walked off the field like that was what he does all the time. Like, oh, no, mm-hmm. I'm a cornerback, guys. You didn't know I was a strong safety also. Yeah, your point is well made. The – uh I think if the third quarter, if Alabama could have scored on one possession, it would have made the rest of the game bearable. But, uh, you know, after Florida had a furious rally, it was just, all right, he's got to go out there and score, kind of like they did in the Ole Miss game, just trading scores the rest of the way. And that's that's how it played out. How It's so crazy to – we never trailed in that game, right? Correct. It was tied, I think, <laughs> 7-7. And zero zero is a game that you never trailed in. And for most of the game, you had at least a 10 point cushion. How does even talking about it now still make my stomach tighten up? Yeah, I think it's, it's just the, the, the worst, uh, the weakest part of the team is the defense and man, when they play a good offense, they cannot get off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it doesn't seem like they, they can make key plays. Uh, so yeah, I can see why the nerves are there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the team responds with two short weeks before the first playoff game. If they can figure some stuff out or fire some, some coaches, promote some coaches, <laughs> see if they can do that in 13 days or however long it is till Alabama plays in the next game. And at least, whew, at least we won't face that offense again. And I should, I still don't, I don't think Pitts is all the way healthy. I just don't believe he is. Um, you know, they held him out in the LSU game for a reason. They didn't go to him a ton in this game. Like, he was managed pretty well outside of the third quarter. Uh, he was managed pretty well. Um, so, man, I would not – I don't envy anybody who has to go against that bunch. Because, good Lord, they look like Florida of old from an offensive standpoint. And they look like Florida from a defensive standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Does half the uh, the preparation time affect and any of the four teams going to the playoffs? I don't think so because I think if this was a regular schedule, you know, they finish up that first week of December, then everyone kind of shuts it down for two weeks for exams and holidays. So I think it's just an accelerated schedule that doesn't really impact uh, really what they do in game prep or practice. And it may even help because it's a few less days you got to try to wrangle these crazy old college kids and keep them out of mischief and monkey shine mm -hmm. and mostly mm -hmm. other people's uh, pathogens. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, does Landon Dickerson being out for the playoffs affect Alabama? Absolutely. Without question. I mean, that's a dude like um, he's an aggravator. An mm -hmm. agitator, and if he was on someone else's team, I would be very angry at him, but he's one of ours, and apparently beloved, a beloved one of ours. Everybody as, loves him. As it would appear. Um, but, I mean, that's a, that's a dude that does a lot. He, he makes calls, and, like, he, he aligns things, and having a new center at this stage is, is just ain't good, especially given the fact that, best-case scenario, you're definitely going to have to play a very physical defensive line in Notre Dame. Um, who mm -hmm. is going to be jacked to the gills, crazy on on death juice to really get in there and scissor lift us. Uh, but and then after that, you're going to be rewarded with probably Clemson. So no, I, that's a that's that's a problem. Hell, we might have seen some evidence of it on the last drive for Alabama. They did nothing on that drive after having just yeah. ran down the field in the exact same scenario. You knew Alabama wasn't going to pass in the previous drive, and uh, they still ran the ball well, but in that last drive, they couldn't muster anything. Yeah, I think it will be a problem. Uh, there's no good way about it. Like losing a starter this late in the season, somebody that's started probably 95% of the snaps, that's not good. It's never a good thing. You can't just go in there and replace them and expect the same sort of productivity. So it'll hurt. Speaking of last drives, um, the final Florida drive of the first half, why the hell did they not milk the clock a little more? Is, is, is that no, – Why the hell did the Alabama not milk the clock on the drive before that? Yeah, they – Florida had two weird possessions in the game where they – on offense where uh, they could have milked more time or they had poor, poor time management is a better way to put it. Like you said, at the end of the first half, um, they snapped the ball. <clears throat> they have like a first and goal with like a minute 20 – maybe a minute mm -hmm. 30, and then they score immediately. Uh, they don't let the clock run, which gave Alabama another possession, and Alabama scored a touchdown. 
And then when Florida was down 14 with uh, about two and a half minutes to go, they burned some timeouts on that, that drive where they were able to cut it down to six. Um, so when they eventually got the ball back, they had no timeouts in 20 seconds. It was, it was weird. Um, is this a Dan Mullins thing or the offensive OC? I guess it must have just been everybody. Quarter, nobody Kyle knew what Trask. was going on. They had to burn them. I, I think that Florida is – they're just so used to doing it. That's how they play ball. They play relatively fast. Um, yeah. They're not concerned. The, the time does not bother them because they, they think, well, shit, if we leave more time, then if they score on us, then we'll have more time. And we're definitely going to score. So, I don't think they worry about it as much. Um, but it – and it, it, Alabama did the same thing, like the drive where um, at the end of the, the – it would be the second-to-last Alabama drive uh, of the first half. They could have milked some clock and not given Florida the, back, the ball back so quickly. Um, and likewise, um, the last Devontae Smith touchdown, a couple more runs in that drive and perhaps the ending scenario doesn't happen because you could have bled out some more clock or cost them another timeout earlier. Um, but I guess when you've got a Ferrari as an offense, your inclination as an offensive coordinator is to press the gas. Free, what did you think about him going for two? Um, I understand it. I get it. I think the thinking is, hey, we go for two if we get it. You know, the next time we get a touchdown, we, we can win the game and we can just end it because I think trying to get that game, if they were lucky enough to go to overtime, it's I think your chances are better trying to end it in regulation. But maybe going for two this, on your second touchdown and not that first touchdown would have been more, I guess, more kosher. You know, if they would have cut it to whatever, 52 to 51 and then go for mm-hmm. two or something like that, then then it would have been okay. Um but I guess, you know, he felt like his offense was churning, and they definitely were. They, uh, they couldn't it. be stopped. So. <laughs> they did get – in the moment, I thought it was crazy juice. I thought mm-hmm. I thought that I had forgotten how to do math. Me too. I, I, I was like, are, that I had forgotten are they down to... nine, and they have to go for two? And I, I was like, no, like, we... they're down eight, and they're going and for And then two. I realized what was going on. And I think – I actually think it was brilliant, because if you do it there, you're not as likely – they're, they're going to be caught a little flat-footed because none of them are thinking – but then he called a timeout to do it. But mm-hmm. that whole – but, like, his initial reaction, I'm going for two right now because I know good and damn well this does not favor anybody in overtime. So, let's just fuck it. I, I like my chances with the Cats, how they're rolling right now. Let's just get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very close. God, I hate – that game was awful. And I mean, it was, it was <laughs> wasn't awful because a neutral would have had a great time watching it and it was all the things and it was – very exciting and these big skill players made it, but it was so difficult to watch. There's just no joy. They've taken the joy out of victory because there's always something else on the damn line. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Freezer, you had a, you had a pretty, uh, pretty good uh, stat um, about Dan Mullen and Nick Saban that you sent over early this morning. I think that might have been my stat, but yeah, I mean, give it, give credit to Freezer. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, Freezer, it was the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> I think um, what what I what I one hundred percent came up stupid. with on my own. This was a Matt stat. Uh, was Dan Mullen is now zero and ten against Nick Saban, which includes uh, nine losses at Mississippi State and now one at Florida. Is that correct, Hankins? That, Can I get that, a, a double check? Right? This is a Matt fact check. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So he's, he hadn't been able to get over the hump. Uh, I know at Mississippi State he was definitely outmanned, and uh, I think he's definitely 
moving things in the right trajectory at Florida. Uh, I know we plan next year in Gainesville in the regular season, so that's not, nothing to look forward to. I know Trask and Pitts will be gone, but he's going to get that. That uh, he's definitely got that that program in the right direction. So that being a stat, though, uh, his offense did beat Saban in the SEC championship game when he was at Florida the first go round. Sure. So he, he really does know how to get under Saban's skin as far as play calling and scheme and all that because he just gave him a fucking fit. Like, it, he gives him fits. Um, and it's always the fucking third quarter, it seems like. Uh, yeah. Or, or late, it's late in the game. Like, Alabama was doing great in the, was it 2008 SEC mm-hmm. championship game, and then just the wheels came off. Very similar here. Just this time Saban happened to have, you know, 16 years of horses. (laughs) We we really need to give some, some credit to the offense, just like the Ole Miss game when they knew they had to go out there and score. They did. Uh, They they were able to, to match them punch for punch. Um, You know, Mac Jones had 400 yards, Najee like 180 yards plus whatever he had on receiving and five touchdowns. touchdowns uh, Is that an SEC championship record? It It was. Yeah, it is. It is. And, he, and then he Devontae also... Smith had his game and then just uh, it was it was humming. And I, I hope like he's blowing his interview with Auburn. That's supposed to be happening today. <laughs> I hope you know, Sark's drunk as shit at this interview. You know, his, he's got a bad Zoom connection or something. <laughs> and it's freezing on him. I don't know. He just we, he we never to, unmutes himself. Yeah, we need to make sure he does not get that job. Because if he leaves, say if he left tomorrow or something, it's – Nightmare. That's a, a terrible done. loss. Nightmare scenario. God, mm-hmm. we'll get to Notre Dame later, but they are in the thing where their coach is going to coach Vanderbilt. Their defensive coordinator is going to coach mm-hmm. Vanderbilt and also get ready for Alabama, which is not ideal. But I was thinking last night, um, as I as, as we – I don't know, maybe are we ready to transition into some of the other games? Yeah. Um, like, I am – we all are the most negative Nellies because we have so much heaped upon our shoulders – uh, we could so never much. have imagined these things, but being a fan of this program as kids and now to where we are, I know everybody's heard this a million times, so I'll keep it short, but like, it's crazy. Like you could not imagine this. And instead of, and even though we've prophesied many times, we got to stop and enjoy this. It's hard because there's always something on the line. If you don't want it all that stuff. However, this is what, uh, what was this Saban's ninth? It was his ninth. Ninth SEC championship. SEC championship. Seven at Alabama. Seven at Alabama. That's fucking crazy, especially given the powers that are in this conference all the time. Um, and it, it is just insane. And like you, you just rattled off three stats from Alabama players. We grew up seeing dudes that didn't do that in a season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have wide receivers that didn't have that many touchdowns in a season. Um, and it would take Brian Bergdorf six games to throw for 400. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it is crazy. And likewise, Oklahoma just won their sixth straight Big 12. Oklahoma yeah, has something like yep. 14 out of 25 SE, uh, Big 12 championships yeah. or something like that. That they is do. insane. And it's not like normally negative me would be like, yeah, the rest of the conference just sucks and they're down. No. Nope. Texas won a national championship, you know, in that time. And mm-hmm. they've had other good programs. Um, Oklahoma State's a constant folly, but they can fuck your shit up or they live to just ruin shit because that's what they do. Um, but there's been plenty of really talented teams come out of there. And for Oklahoma – and, again, Oklahoma fans are probably not ex- super excited about that because they're looking for the big prize, too, that they haven't won 
quite as often as they would like to. So it is crazy. Uh, and Ohio State just won, what, like theirs is a long streak too and a big X out of the last whatever. Like they have dominated this their conferences. And that's just – it's something that we should take time to appreciate, even though I never practice what I preach. <laughs> Um, well, are we going to, uh, are we going to Clemson, Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That's, that's the next elephant in the room. That's, uh, that was not a fun game to watch either. Mm-mm. No, uh, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, they, they're, they're a completely different team than the one Notre Dame got to play back on Halloween, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Clemson, Clemson just steamrolled them. And it was the worst kind of blowout. Because it was it was accelerate real quick to thirty one to ten or whatever it was, and then just hang around there. If you're gonna if you're gonna blow them out, blow them out. Just fucking destroy them. Um, but they didn't, and that is disappointing. Um, Lawrence is really fucking good, man. He's really he is really he good. is he's tough to tackle. He's slippery. He can you know deceptively I just, fast. I just Jim I. I I just hope the uh, Jets somehow don't have the first pick in the draft because he might stay if the Jets do. I wish they could use it now. And he's not staying. Like, he already was like, I'll see you. This is my last year. Peace out, guys. Like, he, that's it. It's a wrap. Dude, he's, Man. he's a Jet. Um, I wish he'd be a Jet next week is what I would like to see. That'd be pretty nice. Um, but, like, did are, we're not surprised by it. Obviously, because it's no. Notre we Dame. We all thought Notre Dame the, would lose big. So. Yeah, um, but what does that? What does it even mean? Like that that one dude's that different. And I guess they they had some defenders missing out of the first outfit too. Like it's. I guess the bigger question is, how, how the fuck do we look at Notre Dame and say, oh, they're they're a team that has a big win over Clemson when we know it clearly was not the full Clemson, and then got destroyed. How do we look at them and say, oh, that's a playoff team? Hmm. That's the, the million-dollar question. Well, let's because... start it like this. Who On a neutral field, you've got $100. That's all the money you have in, in the world. You've got $100, and you need $200, bare minimum, to buy your mama some Christmas shoes. Mm-hmm. And Nazis also have your mama. Now you're speaking my language. So – and you got to put that $100 on somebody. It's a neutral field, a pick em game. It's Notre Dame. It's Texas A&M. Who are you picking them? Uh, I'm picking A&M. I think they would, uh, they would beat them by two scores. Yeah, I don't think it would be that big, but I'd pick A&M. Because, A, if nothing else, that would be a big game scenario. And the Nazis got my mama Christmas shoes bowl by Belk. That's a big game. I don't care where you are or where you're from. That's a big-time game. Um, and Notre Dame's going to lose a big-time game if the other team has their full complement of players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do they always like, – is, is Brian Kelly the new big-time Bob? Like, is, is he – is he just I, – why can Notre Dame never perform? Or are they in, – in, in the larger games, or are they just traditionally over, uh, overrated because they're Notre Dame? I would be inclined to say it's the latter. Um, yeah, I think it's just a combination of both. They can compete and every now and then get a decent win. But when it comes to brass tacks, you can't bet on them. I would never, I would never take them in a, in a matchup with any of – if they would have been seated three or two, I would pick the other team 
and the whoever they were playing against. If they were playing Clemson or Ohio State, I'd still I'd pick Clemson or Ohio State to beat them. And um, in order to be fair to this, hey, I did learn yesterday in watching the Clemson Notre Dame game. I definitely hate Notre Dame more than I do Clemson, which I didn't know about. Really? Let, me, let, let me say this: I hate Notre Dame more than I hate Dabo. Wow. Maybe maybe it's Ooh. that I put murder above <laughs> just being a dickhead. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Could be a lot of things. Sure. Um, but I definitely wanted to see Notre Dame get beat yesterday. And not because I thought – not because I was rooting for chaos. And, no, I just wanted them to lose because I don't think they belong there. But to be fair to them, they are dealing at least in artifice on the surface with things that these other schools aren't dealing with in the academic requirements to get into that particular school. Um, they are also dealing with, you know, being a, a, a religious school and a lot of the other things that Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, the, the big power five schools, most of them don't have to deal with. So they are only, there is a cap on the kind of athlete that they can get. It is unlikely that they're going to ever get the best quarterback, the best skill position player at their position in a recruiting year is probably not going to go to Notre Dame unless that kid grew up in South Bend or Chicago or something like that. Not anymore. They're just not going to get that player. So they had to change. And I heard Brian Kelly say today that a lot of what he changed to get them to where they are was due to that thumping that he got in the 2012 National Championship game because he said, I got to build from the, the, the line of scrimmage back. I've got to get better offensive line, better defense line. And he's done that. Um, and I think they're able to compete with that because one thing they are is pretty consistent. Like you're going to get the same game from them basically every time. It's going to yeah. be about 20-ish points, uh, give or take. They're going to play pretty consistently. And that's going to beat most of the teams in the country because most of the teams in the country are just middling failures. Uh, but when they have to play in a conference scenario like they did this year where they got to play a cat twice – that's and and they didn't get him in his full compliment the first time that he's going to get fucking thumped and they do have the advantage of playing as an independent that they can kind of pick and choose as it were you know if they're playing a Michigan you don't know what Michigan might have had to play this person this person before and after this shit's going to fall weird just because they don't have to play by the same rules as everybody else does but that's why I think it doesn't it's they always get exposed is because they're just from a from a Jimmy's and Joe's, they're just not going to have as good a Jimmy Jimmy's and Joe's as you do. And you can't out X and O that at this, at that level, you can out X and O it maybe a couple times during the year, but when everybody's got the same amount of time to focus, if everybody's healthy, you're just going to get beat because at some point they're faster and stronger. than you. Do you think that, uh, I know you mentioned that 2012 game. Do you think that Brian Kelly has been saving some plays as it were? Uh, to show eight that, years. that uh, he can compete, well, or, or what, what do you think? There, what do you think? Used him last year versus Clemson. <laughs> what do you think his frame of mind is going to be going into this game? Is he going to play it too close to the vest, knowing like I can't make any mistakes because Alabama's going to do X, Y, and Z? Or is he going to? What What do you think? Because they have to be somewhat demoralized after beating Clemson, but then they got the saving grace of getting a second chance now. How in the world do you think that? Do you think that they will compete in the game? Are they going to come out flat? Are they going to perform? I've, what do you think? Shani, what do you think? I've talked a lot. Um, I, I don't know. I just I, – I think everybody, you know, 
thinks it's a foregone conclusion that Alabama is going to roll over them. Um, but, you know, as Hankin said, I'm sorry, as, as, as Freezer said, um, <laughs> by the way, Freezer, I appreciate the diversity that you bring to our, uh, <laughs> as a black man, Freezer, right? Oh. Um, the, uh, no, as, as, as Hankin said, you know, that, uh, that Notre Dame defensive line is going to be, you know, looking its chops with Dickerson out uh, for Alabama. And I don't know that, you know, they never come out hot. They're, they're Notre Dame. Like Ian Book's <laughs> going to dick around for the first couple uh, series and then, you know, find some success in the air. But the game's going to be won with Alabama on offense um, because mm-hmm. that defensive line is going to be just pinning their ears back and going after them. So I don't know. Um, I think from Kelly's perspective, the thing he didn't have last time was the quarterback. That whole team that got beat in 2012, I, I can't remember who the quarterback was. Uh, sophomore black guy, I think was his yeah, name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin McDonald, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's got a quarterback that can give Alabama trouble. Um, he, he could also throw nine picks. That could happen mm-hmm. too because Kurt Herbstreit told us backyard football. But Ian Book is the kind of guy that can run around enough He's the kind of guy. <laughs> Thanks the devil. He's eating Teddy Graham. Um, he's the kind of dude that can give Alabama problems because he can move, and he's willing to take chances, which is exactly how Johnny Menzel beat Alabama and how Deshaun Watson, who's a much better version of that, how he just carved them up, you know. Um, so Kelly's going to know that he's got a chance. I do think he comes out crazy as shit. Mm. And he does have the motivating factor of telling his players all week, all right, guys. Everybody, everybody again is going to say you stink. Everybody again thinks you're bums. Mm-hmm. So let's just go out there with our hair on fire and see what the fuck happens. Yeah, Las Vegas already has Alabama as what would you say is a, a point spread favorite? What What do I think Vegas yeah. has, or what do I think it should be? Well, either one, and I'll let you know how close you get. Um, I would say neutral field Alabama Notre Dame. I would say I think it should. It's probably around 15. Vegas probably has it around 17 and a half. What do you think, Sean? Um, I'm going to say 20 and a half. That's exactly it. It's 20 (laughs) and a half. Big big gamble over here. Alabama was favored by less against Florida. It was 17 than they. It's uh, insane. That's absolutely insane. Um, (laughs) On the other side, just so you know, Clemson's favored by seven over Ohio State. So that seems about. That seems low to me. Yeah. Like, I think Clemson wow. might boat race them. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go there because we saw, you know, Justin Fields uh, be a little bit human yesterday um, against I, Iowa State. He was human this morning, too, because he had to air up his tire in the parking lot while they yeah, waited to find out. Yeah, the Ryan Day's game plan, like he had a running back who was – unstoppable yesterday but he still kept trying to throw until the fourth quarter it's, well, it's common like, Ryan day right that's the same you have thing that- the horses where you can line up and just destroy northwestern just by running north south and it took them three and a half quarters until they went with that game plan northwestern yeah, iowa state northwestern but the, mm-hmm. but still it's northwestern mm-hmm. in a game that you were joey galloway oh they didn't give the buckeyes nothing except for a pass into the championship game that the rules said they couldn't play. Yep, a and also, mm-hmm. and also a change in the rules that says those players can now return to practice outside of their COVID protocols. So just 
putting that out there um, on the table that we are really, really in the bag for Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when, uh, when people, you know, love to say that everybody's in the tank for Alabama when like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I get it. The, the conference wants to, wants a, a, one of their teams in the playoffs and of course. They want to give them the best chance possible, but <sighs> I'm not saying I mean, it's wrong. I'm just saying, let's call it what it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Assuming that Alabama gets past Notre Dame, as an Alabama fan, who do you who would you rather play, Ohio State? Mm-hmm. I would rather play Ohio State. I would rather beat, beat Clemson. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, just because of the 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 history between the schools. I think Dabo's a joke. Beating Trevor Lawrence and making him cry, like making Tim Tebow cry, would would do a whole lot for me. Um, but I think Clemson's the better team. I, I don't want to play it them. Would- do a whole lot for you (laughs) it'd really get me there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um of the hides to tan i'd like to tan both because i still hadn't forgot 2013 uh um i still hadn't forgot those pictures of fucking the the bear bryant statue and goddamn buckeye gear i hadn't forgot that shit either um would like to beat them both if it's possible i'd like to just do a triple threat i'd like to get notre dame i'd like for all of us to gang up on notre dame just beat them down and they're shit can them. They're out. And then all three teams just play a, a hellfire Donnie Brook. And we just see what happens. Who was the, uh, who was the Clemson quarterback when we blew them out? Kelly the- Mitchell. I don't even remember that guy. They don't either. <laughs> um, <clears throat> other, other games around the, uh, around the country, anything else stick out to you? Uh, Iowa state, Oklahoma was pretty good. Yeah, Oklahoma was up big, and Iowa State fought back and then uh, threw an interception when they had a chance to go down and get the winning touchdown. Had a very big opportunity and just, I mean, so close. Classic Oklahoma winning it, and Iowa State is still without a conference championship since 1913. They were this close. They were like a minute away. And and driving and doing good and came back in the game, like had all the momentum, did everything. But that's that's how that game usually plays out is the – Team with the with the worser Jimmys and Joes usually mm-hmm. can't make they make that play at the end that can't get you home. Cincinnati and Tulsa was really interesting to look at when I was trying to catch my breath during the Alabama uh, fucking track meet. Um, a very emotional quarterback at the end. A lot of crying. A lot of crying post conferences this year. I mean, this kid was really busted up. Just and look again. I'm trying to have some positivity because I thought about this last night too. The, this country is just in a shit show shambles regarding specifically the pandemic and nothing else. But like just with the amount of shit that has gone on this year, the fact that we even had college football was a miracle. And certainly there are places to criticize whether we should have or we shouldn't. We can disagree. All those things are on the table. I'm not ignoring them. But God damn, I got to tell you, boys, I'm sure as shit glad we had it because I don't even want to think about what it would have been like. I'm bored to death now yeah. with college football back, with NFL back, with soccer going, with rest, all the things. And I'm still, you know, I still feel like things are missing from my life because of the shit that's going on. But Jesus Christ, imagine if it hadn't been here. Um, and so – that be it. With that being said, like I understand how these kids are super emotional, and I understand how mean old Grinch Nick Saban says he loves this team 
you know, with the intimation being, I love this team more than I do the other teams that I have. <laughs> a, because this team does feel a little different in how close they are to each other. They don't feel like the, uh, the emotionless monolith that Alabama had sort of become for a few years. I remember some of these players' names, which is great. That is spectacular. Um, they, they look to be focused about getting business done, but they look to be super into one another. Um, and the same can be said for Iowa State. But, you know, they're, they're a team that's well into each other. And Cincinnati last night would just look like, man, I can't believe we did it. We fucking played 11. I, they get, I think they got to nine, 10. I don't know how many they played. They played a lot. They played a lot games. Um, and they were just very emotional having won them all. Um, and that's all you can do. And you got through this shit and you fucking won it. And my God, congratulations to you. And thank you, boys. Thank you for your fucking service. It's been a it's been a fun season, I think, and uh, especially because we beat the living shit out of Auburn, Tennessee, and, <laughs> and and LSU in a span of like five fucking weeks. Um, all I can say hired is hired Gus Malzahn. Oh, man, still, we hired Gus Malzahn. <laughs> God, still kind of riding that high. Um, the uh, <laughs> the uh, do you remember that time USC fired Lane Kiffin and just like left town without him? Didn't mm-hmm. even let him on the bus. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, He'll still the, tweet about it. <laughs> the um, Ole Miss LSU game had Woo-hoo! absolutely nothing riding Woo-hoo! on it, but, but man, man that did was it a have everything going for it? Good uh, lord! It's so just to set the stage, people. I know I've been talking a lot, but by God, I'm just so juiced up on football. It's a fucking Wait, this poop. has been Hankins talking this entire time? Uh, yeah, it's it's been me. Like my fast fact from earlier about Dan Mullen. I've been doing most of the talking. Love it. Thank you for uh, producing all of these shows. Oh, by the you're way, welcome. Producer. I mean, it's about three time. Years. I got some, some appreciation. He Oof. does a great job. But it's a torrential downpour. I mean, it's coming in sideways in buckets. It's LSU, Ole Miss, the oldest rivalry in the Southeastern Conference this week. <laughs> Um, and two coaches coaching for a winning season, hopefully something to hang their hat on, something to build on. And the game just gets fucking lit up drunk real quick. And it just keeps being that way to the fact that I don't remember who won the damn thing. I was just about to say, I don't remember who won the game. <laughs> <I just remember laughs> LSU pulled it out. LSU, LSU pulled, pulled it out. out. The end. Wasn't LSU up something like 37 to 21 at half? They were up double digits at points in the game, yeah. Um, the uh, I mean, New York's hottest club is LSU versus Mississippi. <laughs> yes. It has everything. Um, torrential downpours, uh, lead changes, a fucking ref get like getting headbutted with a football. Blasted! He got fooled by a handoff. Which even if you get fooled by a handoff freezer, why are you sticking your nose? <laughs> like, what was he doing? I don't know. I don't know if he was trying. He thought that they dove over the middle. He was trying to see if, you know, the halfback scored. I don't know what, what he was doing, but he, he got spread eagled on the ground. He, like, I mean, they soon. just destroyed him, like, targeting. He should have been th- – the, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> he should have gotten a targeting call because I think that ref ducked his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but that game had – I think Lane signaled for a touchdown before a play was even ran. Like, not, not his typical, like, as soon as he gets the lineup and they run – the play I think I should say he signaled for a touchdown when he called the play and I think they scored on it like it was just amazing so they end up Miss Ole Miss has a losing record I think did they go I think they're 
four and six, but I'm a four and check. six, and I think LSU winds up five hundred. Yeah, and LSU um, isn't playing in a bowl game. That's self-imposed. 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 And then, so who had the worst year? Obviously, the expectations LSU are going to be crippling. But if we if we look at what LSU actually had this year, the team that they had, not the team that they could have had, but the team that they actually had this year. Whose year was worse? Lane Kiffin coming in, expecting to be the turner arounder of things, or Ed Orgeron, who is the defending national champion with none of his weapons in stock. Whose year was worse? Uh, for me, it's LSU, just because they there's so much off the field stuff that happened with mm. players opting out, the raping. Um, the, the covering up of the raping. One. The raping's a real bad one. Uh, it seemed like everyone gave up on the team. Uh, everyone could score on the team. It, it's just such night and day difference from last year. Um, them pulling out these last two games baffles me. It still baffles me how they beat Florida. Um, beating Ole Miss, you know, that seems about, seems about appropriate. But uh, I, I still think just LSU had the worst season just because Ole Miss, the bar was set so low with uh, – my expect with my expectations at least. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have a lot of I didn't have a lot of expectations for Ole Miss either. But after seeing their offense in the first three weeks of the season, then I think it was reasonable for some of those expectations to creep up, and they just sure. didn't do anything. Like, and again, I'm whereas you you mentioned all the things that happened to LSU um, as reason you're saying that hey that's that's the reason the season was bad. I'm. On the, I'm inclined to forgive them because the rape. Now I'm not going to forgive the raping. Not going to forgive the raping. But I think the raping was last year, right? That was not. That's not a current raper. That's a previous raper. I think it's like two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this year, Orgeron lines up with, I think, the most opt-outs of anyone in the SEC. Uh, you could, someone could fact check me on that, and I might be wrong, but I don't. Remember hearing about so many opt-outs from other uh, other conference, other teams in the conference, um, and uh, lost a bunch of guys to the draft, including Heisman Trophy winner, best quarterback in the school's history, and the one of the greatest seasons, all that. To to come in, have a shitty of a year as they did, to lose to their chief rival by an embarrassing amount of points in an embarrassing way, and then to beat Florida and hang on and survive the awful conditions that was the old Miss LSU game. Um, for me, to break even shows some progress in their, in their case. Um, but to not beat LSU in that moment shows that Ole Miss was the same Ole Miss all year who just couldn't get shit done. Yeah, it'll be an interesting case study next year to see where the programs go. If Ole Miss can get some semblance of a defense, they'll be dangerous next year. Um, I, I don't think they can instantly get it in a year. It'll take two or three years yeah. of recruiting for it to happen. But LSU especially, uh, they seem to have found a quarterback. Brad Johnson's son can throw it around. They had a receiver yesterday <laughs> who caught 300 yards. Uh, their offense seems to be in good shape. They're going to have to make some changes on defense because uh, who is the dude from Nebraska who's there now? Uh, who's Bo their defensive coordinator? Bo Pelini? Yeah. So he's there. They're going to have to cut him and make some wholesale changes. So that will be interesting to see if uh, 
if they piddle around and finish fourth or fifth in the in the division next year or not, if they can go better than five hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it appears we've lost Sean Majors to some unforeseen circumstances. So I guess I'm driving this ship now, Freezer. Or would you rather drive? It? Well, I'll bring up a topic. Um, <laughs> the Heisman Trophy will be coming up soon. Uh, do you think? there's any chance an Alabama player does not win it. Like if you had to bet an Alabama f- player or the field with a hundred dollars, who would you take? <laughs> Nazis have my mother. Sure, sure. $100. Um, I'm going to take an Alabama player uh, because even if the votes get split, mm-hmm. I still think you can't pick. If you pick Devonte Smith, then I still think you have to have Mac Jones at two. I don't think mm-hmm. you can put Kyle Trask ahead of Mac Jones on your ballot after seeing them head to head and you see the stats from that game and you see everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just feel like it has to be an Alabama player. Um, after, and again, because people hold those votes, um, I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Najee snuck into to that Zoom meeting. I wouldn't be shocked if he snuck into the Zoom meeting. Yeah, I think, uh, I think all three of them will get an invite. I think Trask will get one, and then they'll, they'll have a token one to Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Justin Fields didn't play enough games, so I think yeah. it'll be those will be probably four played finals. himself out of it in the championship mm-hmm. game. Which, mm-hmm. And that is, the, that is the week that you can guarantee that everyone was watching everything because you can. Yeah. Um, and without a – man, with, and with no West Coast – like, you know, East Coast bias is always a sure. part of the Heisman there's conversation. No gonna be, there's not going to be any of these pockets of votes like some mm-hmm. USC guy got Because there's nobody the in the West here. Coast to say, mm-hmm. hey, so they're going to pick the biggest name on the board, and it's, they're probably going to look and say quarterback Alabama. So I, if I had to bet, I think it is Mac Jones who comes out with it, with Smith finishing second, I think. Yeah, and I think and Trask, Trask will be at third. three. I think yeah. so too. I think a lot of ballots will be Jones, Smith, Trask. I think that's what a lot, yeah. a lot of ballots will be. I agree. Um, and I, I think that's. I don't know. For me, I think it's Devonte Smith. Um, I, I I think so. I think he's the most outstanding player. Um, I mean, last night uh, when he finished with 180 yards, I was like, in 15 receptions, I was like, man, he got the ball that much because it didn't seem like it. We, but I said to you, I said, did I miss seven or eight? Devonte Smith catches because I sure. just don't recall him dominating the ball that much. Yeah. Yeah. There were a couple of pop passes that I think, you know, statistically get calculated mm-hmm. into the fucking thing, but like, not, not for real. Like I don't, those weren't, I don't know where those passes came from. Yeah. Um, however, man. And, and like, and last night, if we're being honest, off night for Mac Jones, like I agree. He, he was throwing he high and high that inaccurate and he was barely inaccurate at all. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't been that inaccurate nearly all year. Throwing high and, you know, missed a couple of throws here or there, which I don't know, man. And I've watched him all year, and I love him. And even I fall into that trap of, ah, it's Devontae, it's Devontae. But then when I, I start to talk it out, I'm like, shit, he lost Jalen Waddle and didn't miss a beat. Yeah. For for all the, like, double coverage that he gets, and I know we have to chalk some of it up to Sarkeesian, uh, figuring out to line him up in different different situations and – create the mismatch uh his first touchdown last night he was wide open by like 15 yeah. yards it's <laughs> yes. like how how did this happen like all the action went this way and, and no one's covering the number one receiver um, um but, 
but Mac finds him every time. Yeah. There's not many scenarios where they go back and show the tape and I hear Gary Danielson say, if Mac had looked up here, he had so-and-so wide open for a touchdown. That doesn't happen much. He, he yeah. checks it down when he needs to, but it's tight. And this is – I don't think we realized it again because this year is so batshit crazy that I don't know that we really paid attention to everything the way we normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, that, But when we look back on this year out, out of – out of this fog of, oh, my God, everything's different. When we just look at this team, we're like, this might be the best offense we've ever had. I mean, I know statistically that's probably the case, but, like, we had three NFL receivers on the team last year and an NFL starting quarterback last year. Yeah. I would put this offense, like, well above that offense because that offense couldn't figure out how to make best use of Najee Harris. Yeah. And this one figured it out. Same, it's, and it's the same bunch. Like yeah. <laughs> everybody's the same, but the, the one difference is Mac Jones, and it really opened up. And two of them might have just had different inclinations. I don't mm-hmm. know that Mac might throw a better. I think he throws a better deep ball. It seems like it to me. Uh, I don't know if Mac will go pro. I think he's a first or second round pick at least. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's top ten, at least not not yet. Um, I don't know if he's going to come back or not, but uh, I, th- I think if he does. He he could be probably one of the – being that short list of the best Alabama quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Um, and if I'm Mac, hmm, why wouldn't I come back? Like, I don't – and I don't – see, the problem with Mac Jones is I think this year if he goes pro, he is drafted because he played quarterback at Alabama and won a bunch of games, not for any of his individual skills which is the same thing that you could say for basically every quarterback that gets drafted from Alabama. It's like, oh, he went to Alabama, he won a bunch of games, he must be pretty good. But you're getting drafted to be, at best, the backup. Mm -hmm. Perhaps if he comes back again, and as a wise man once said, do it twice and I'll be nice, it is possible that he could play himself into into a – a possibility of being a starting quarterback if he comes back. I think so. Whew, we doggy. All right. Um, have we got? We'll have a show before we have to do predictions for the bowl games, right? Yeah. So the rest of the bowl picks are coming in today. Uh, you know, they're cycling through the Cheez It Bowl and whatnot. Um, I don't know when they all really start in earnest. Uh, I know our the big games start on the first and the thirty first and whatnot. Um, but I'm sure we'll do probably do something next Sunday, at least um, definitely for the the, yeah. the playoffs. I'm literally getting an email right now about getting some uh, Peach Bowl tickets for myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Peach Bowl is Georgia and Cincinnati. The oh, God. national championship is on the line. All right, let's let's end on this note. Um, I don't hate Cincinnati nearly as much as I hated UCF, and they're in the exact same scenario, <laughs> and basically everything's the same. Why is that? Do you do you? How do you feel about Cincinnati? Well, I don't think you heard you hated UCF until after they beat Auburn, and then the chirping started and the tweets started. And it could and the, be that they the started chirping a and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and they were they were prime. We want Bama bunch and like sure. and you know because I remember being in sort of a a weird position during the Auburn game of thinking like, oh God, I really don't want to hear about UCF being an SEC team, but. Get, they did it to me anyway. So, but yeah, I have no ill will towards Cincinnati. And Georgia better look the fuck out because they Georgia, might actually be really good. 
Georgia seems to play well uh, in bowl games. Um, I remember one year they were favored against – this was back in the Mark Richt era, both of these games actually. They played West Virginia in maybe 04, 05. Mm-hmm. West Virginia ran for like 400 yards on them and beat them. It was a big upset. And the next time Georgia got in that situation, they played an undefeated Miami team uh, – Hawaii team, sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, Mark Rick was still there, and then Georgia blew their doors off. Like 45 to 14 or some shit. And was last year, shit. Georgia uh, lost the SEC championship game and played Baylor in the in their bowl game and was able to beat Baylor. So I think Kirby's got it figured out to what to do. Um, I think they'll play okay. I still think Cincinnati's good. I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati won. Georgia's got a quarterback now. Maybe that'll make a difference, yeah. but – at an incredibly important game for Georgia. Sure. Um, they're lucky to actually have this, to be playing a very high-quality opponent at home. Yeah. Uh, at home. Um, but they fucking need – they need to know what they got. Sure. They need to they, – that quarterback needs to be tested. Every, they need to know what they've got because they've got to reevaluate everything because clearly they are trending in the wrong direction, which is actually flat. Yeah. And that's the, if I'm Georgia, that's the thing that scares me the absolute most because we've been flat all of my life. If I'm a Georgia fan, <laughs> then all I know is flat. Um, I'd rather bomb out than, <laughs> than just be flat because that's where they are. Yeah. I think that's exactly right because Florida seems to have, they've arisen under Dan Mullen. Um, you know, you, you can maybe chalk off this year like, hey, they got us this one year, but they've got to figure out what in the world they're doing because they get top five classes every year. They got to they gotta produce something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, all right, gang. Well, uh, again, I'm the co-pilot now. Uh, we've lost our captain. We're adrift at sea. Um, we hope Charlie gets well. Uh, it's been a rough year for that guy, too. We hope everything works out for our friend Charles. Um, uh, what's that? What am I supposed to say? This is episode 187 of Throw the Flag. If you like what you hear, go to a website somewhere. I don't know. Uh, get Peach Bowl tickets and tell your friends, Freezer, because of some reason. We thrive on word of mouth and yeah. shout out to all the, the people that do support us on Patreon and all our producers and, and whatnot. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So that is the end of the show. And we're going to oh. end it the way we end every show. Mm-hmm. One. Two, three. Cooling on the corner with the cellular phone. You could tell that the East Bay was his home. More mail than the rest of the pushes. Cause he got a tech nine in the bushes. Bush. And that's how his shit was handled. First name Jack, last name Daniels. Had two boys named E and Jack. He had the nine and Jack the A cat. Clocked on a street called Hennessy. Rivals with the motherfucking name old E. Had a bitch and her name was Jen. Had a nigga named Juice doing time in the pen. You couldn't tell that Jen was a bitch though. Cause she was fucking some nigga named Cisco. CJ knew tonight they'd come. With two fat niggas named Bacardi and Run. They capped Jack's hoe and the sight was scary. The bitch was all bloody and her name was Mary. Officer Martini wiped up the body. And all fingers pointed at Run and Bacardi. Jack told Jack the hotel, so Jack tried to bail Juice out the jail, but O.E. had the judge on a payroll clock, so Jack shot the judge up and broke Juice out, and everybody's talking about gin and Juice, Juice shot gin cause the bitch was loose, now E is shook thinking they ain't gonna get me, I round up the posse and call up Mickey, Mickey was big, he only sold eight balls, had 99 niggas up against the wall, E and Jack found
found out he made the car. So E and J and Jack and Juice and I and Lamar, they were sent to the morgue and Mickey paid the bill. Got the money from the bitch, wrecking Strawberry Hill. Jack and Juice said Mickey wouldn't survive, but Mickey was slick, he had a Coke 45. And now he's wondering how he got the word. It was the neighborhood wine up Thunderbird. You wonder how the murder rap got so much juice? It was 187 proof. Check it out. Check it out. After Thunderbird, time for the hurricane. He said, Word, Thunderbird in the alleyway, wearing a beanie, trying to get a sip from the cop, Mr. Martini. Saying I screwed off Thunderbird's top, spilled this drink and gave a swig to the cop. But it's too late, Martini knows it all. Mickey and his boy OD was slanging eight balls of cocaine to the strawberries on the hill. So when he asked for juice, he got a quick fill. Mickey had his boy on bourbon block, the murderous cop killer, Mr. Peppermint Snipes. Took a 